Hello and welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. Uh, the only podcast in the history of the human race where two brothers talk. I am one of the two brothers slash kind of comedian slash co-host, Will Hines. I'm the other host, brother, sort of comedian, Kevin Hines. And this is a rare episode where Kevin and I are in the same room. Mm-hmm. Normally we can't do that because I live in Los Angeles and Kevin lives in New Jersey, but we are both visiting our third uh, Hines brother at a party in Chatham, Massachusetts. Yeah. He's not here. He's not here. We're keep we're blocking we, we, him up. We came to the party and then we went into a room alone <laughs> to record a podcast. You yeah. Know, like a cool, Pretty cool, cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but we are in the same room, so you might notice... A little more chemistry for this episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll, inter- we'll interrupt each other more seamlessly. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be more organic uh, disconnection and alienation mm-hmm. between us. Um, we're gonna this episode. We're gonna do a crash course in Ms. Marvel, the um, Marvel character who's about to have uh, her own uh, Disney series that's but coming out maybe today. Today, I think when this episode is released, I think if we if we scheduled this correctly, ooh, fingers crossed, this will come out on the same day as. Miss Marvel debuts on Disney Plus. Okay, yeah. So this is a crash course, like you know who the character has been in the comics. Um, Kevin and I were not really too much of an expert, although we had read some Ms. Marvel, as opposed to our last crash course in Moon Knight, where we really had not read anything. But we did it. We did a crash course intensive reading to prepare for this. Yeah. So we're, we have some knowledge of the character. Yeah. We'll... Before that, let's just remind you guys about our. Uh, short box contest that's mm-hmm. still going on. Yes. Uh, there's an issue of Uncanny X-Men, issue number... Do you 184. Remember? 184, the first appearance of Forge. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get that, you can just go to shortbox.com slash screw it. Yeah, so it's free entry. You enter your email. And we're just spending time in this because really just out of pride, we would love it if more, let's say then, five people enter. Let's well, it might, maybe, maybe we might be up to like 50 or 60. I haven't checked. But yeah. we're going for five. So if you're like, hey, I'd like a free copy of the X-Men. I'm going for 10. I'd like double digits on this. This is a problem with me and Kevin is he's too ambitious. You know, that's like, it's always been his fatal flaw. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm setting myself up for disappointment when only nine people enter, but I want 10. I want 10 or more uh, people to enter this contest. I want one of you to win this graded comic book, uh, uh, sealed and, and CGC graded, and it's worth money. Yeah, it'll be shipped right to you, a nice pretty package. So. Yeah. Shortbox.com slash screw it. Go win a um, free copy of X-Men 184. Written by Chris Claremont, drawn by, drawn by John Romita Jr. Yeah, those are, they're legit yeah, talents. Not, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Okay. Crash course. Crash course on Miss Marvel. This is, we did one of these before. This is our second crash course. We did one on Moon Knight. It was when, very popular. When that episode premiered. Yeah, it was very popular. We knew nothing about Moon Knight. We <laughs> knew of his existence and like a very general knowledge. yeah. yeah. This character, I've read a bunch of. I had read a fair amount of the Ms. Marvel, and also she has not had as long a history as Moon Knight. She's had a short history, but I'd say I've read. I had already read eighty percent of her run. Um, I'd forgotten most of it, and so I'm glad I reread a (laughs) lot of it recently. Yeah. So, all right. So we're gonna kind of go over today. So if you are interested in watching the Disney Plus series, or maybe just even wondering who Ms. Marvel is, because I don't think this is any disrespectful thing to say. She's not. Uh, one, he's not as big a character as your mm-hmm. sort of top tier level, like Iron Man, Spider Man, Hulk characters. And there are no spoilers for the show. We have not watched the show. The show is not out while we're recording this. Yeah, this is no. We're not talking about the show except for in the most general sense. But this is if you've seen the show or a few, few episodes of the show, or getting ready to watch the show and want to know a little bit more about the character from people who are not experts. Then we're your guys. Yeah, if you want to learn more from people who don't know that much more, this yeah. is the episode for you. Yeah. So, um, Kevin, who is Ms. Marvel? If someone's sitting down to I, watch the Disney I, Plus show, like, who is this? I don't think it's a real character. <laughs> no. Uh, Ms. Marvel is uh, Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. She is a Muslim girl who is in high school mm-hmm. who has superpowers. Mm-hmm. In the comics, her powers are to sort of morph her body into big shapes, like make her fists big or get bigger or smaller. Mm-hmm. Polymorphism, I think is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she lives in Jersey City. Mm-hmm. She fights crime. With her f- and has friends, 
Yeah, and she started, uh, the comic book started in 2014, so that's relatively recent in Marvel Comics sort of timeline. Yeah, Marvel Comics have been around for 60 years, so she has not even been around for... Ten of those. Ten of those, yeah. Uh, But she's had a lot of uh, issues devoted to her and a lot of appearances since then, and she was the star of the Avengers video game, Kevin. That that Ms. Marvel was the first character you play as. Oh, cool, I never played it. And she's kind of the protagonist of that story. She was created by... uh, I think she was sort of the brainchild of Steven Wacker and Sana Amanat. Sana, uh, Sana is Muslim, I think, was telling stories to Steven. He's like, oh, we should make a character inspired by these stories. Okay. And so they got together with uh, G. Willow Wilson, uh, who is the writer, and Adrian Alfano, who is the initial artist. And I think Jamie McKelvey helped in the costume design. He's okay. great at that. Okay. Uh, and they sort of came up with this character. And she's legit great. Yeah. She's a great character. She's uh, uh, really... I think she's a really fun character. And I think initially there was a lot of press when she came. She's not the first Miss Marvel character. Carol Danvers was like the first Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were other ones that don't matter. Uh, Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel for a long time and then became like Warbird and then became Captain Marvel. But so this name was just sort of sitting there. Yeah. A legacy name. And they gave it to this character. Um, and initially, I think it was popular. It got a lot of press. Yeah. I think the single issues, the story I always heard, and I did not research this to make sure this was true, yeah. was that the single issue sold fine. Yeah. And the trade paperbacks sold great. Okay. Uh, and that sort of kept the title going for a while. She doesn't have a regular book now, but she's one of these people that just keeps getting mini series and showing up in teams and things like that. There's a lot of love for her, even if like her ongoing series is currently not happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's one of the sort of characters who's just in play in the current Marvel universe where she could show up kind of in any as a guest star and sort of mm-hmm. in one of these big crossover events or, you know, frequent sort of banding up a lot of characters together. Ms. Marvel's probably going to probably going to be there in some fashion. And in a lot of ways, and we'll probably get more into this, I feel like she is of the Peter Parker Spider-Man mold. I think that's totally true. Like yeah. Reading this comic, it felt like a modern Peter Parker story. Yeah, she's in high school, and so and there's a lot of balance between like personal life challenges and sort of problems versus superhero problems. And her personal life is often not going great, which sounds like Peter Parker. Yeah, um, but she's a good person. She's sort of yeah, irrepressibly good and decent and sort of happy. Yeah, there's a lot of joy in Ms. Marvel, and that's very Peter Parker. And as a hero, she is pretty and quickly confident, but also pretty makes mistakes a lot. Right, she'll sort of like. She'll dive into a battle with kind of a fun swagger and then like misjudge something and knock a building over and, and she'll kind of be like, whoops. Yeah. Like that sort of... And that feels like early Spider-Man to me where he's just sort of like, I could take anybody and then Doc Ock slaps him in the face. He's like, <laughs> well, maybe I can't beat anybody. Yeah. And we kind of use that, I guess we use that term because like over the, there's sort of archetypes of superheroes, right? There's mm-hmm. like the Batman type, the Bruce, the grim kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, lurking, tortured character. Then then you got like your Boy Scout, like Superman, who's kind of the grown-up, in the, or Captain America, like the grown-up in the room is mm-hmm. going to like solve problems. And Peter Parker's one of these primary colors. Yeah, and you've got like uber-competent characters like Iron Man and Mr. Fantastic, right, who are super smart and sort of always, they always feel like they're a step ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you sort of like working class characters that are sort of like the thing mm-hmm. who are sort of just like, oh. Salt of the earth types. Yeah. And then the Spider-Man is sort of somewhere in between those guys. Yeah. The happy nerd who is over his head a lot. Yeah. And Miss Marvel is that in such a great way. Um, you know, you'd say like, oh, isn't the new Spider-Man Miles Morales? And maybe. I think Miss Marvel is a great new character that fits that where Miles is sort of like half, half just still Spider-Man. Uh, and he's still a great character, obviously. This, uh, but Miss Marvel is just really a really well formed. She comes out in those early issues very fully formed. Yeah. So um, I'm going to give you basically the land, listeners, and I'm going to kind of say this so Kevin can listen too. We're going to just kind of talk in general about a couple of the major series that Ms. Marvel has had. Um, she's been pretty consistently portrayed over these series compared to like Moon Knight who would have like massively different incarnations mm-hmm. and stuff. Ms. Marvel's been pretty pretty steady. Also G Willow Wilson wrote the vast majority of Ms. Marvel stories. Yes. And so that helps keep a consistent voice. Yeah, a Saladin uh I forget his last name is writing it now. Mark Wade wrote a bunch of her the Avengers. team stuff and she's yeah. had a few bits and pieces here and there but like those three writers I think wrote 
a vast majority of her things and G. Willow Wilson more than anybody else. So let's start with um, the initial Ms. Marvel run that started in 2014 that went had 19 issues and G. Willow Wilson wrote all of these. And let's let's talk about that because that, that really set up the mythology of Ms. Marvel, which kind of remained pretty steady, uh, if not totally steady, for kind of her runs. So Saladin you, Ahmed is the new... The see, we're getting good writer. at this podcasting thing. Um, that's what we call looking it up while we record. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the first Miss Marvel comic debuted, when did you say, Will, 2014? February 2014. Yeah, um, and it only ran for 19 issues, and then what happened was Marvel had like a big event called Secret Wars, where they canceled every single one of their books and relaunched them all. Okay. Uh, and then it basically relaunched with the same creative team. It was... Canceled just for the event, not because of sales or okay. goose numbers. Okay. And then it ran another 38 issues. So in a way, those are kind of the same run. Okay, yeah. But they are separate. In If you're reading this like on Marvel Unlimited, they're listed separately. If you're getting them in trades, they're sort of grouped all together. Okay. So um, let's talk about her first arc, the origin arc. Yeah. So, so, so to do this, Will and I, as always, sort of just like read bursts of them. I'd read the entire G. Willow Wilson run. Wow. And I'd read the Mark Wade Avengers and Mark Wade Champions stuff. And then I sort of didn't read a lot of other stuff. Okay. Um, but for this, we reread her origin. Mm-hmm. We reread uh, um, the Civil War II arc. Mm-hmm. We reread something called Damage Per Second. On Teenage Wasteland. Teenage Wasteland. We read the first Avengers. five issues of Avengers and Champions. Mm-hmm. Which was her like team, team in teams kind of situation. Yeah. We read the first arc of Saladin's run. Yeah. And then you and I then each read some other stuff around the edges of that stuff. Right. I read her Secret Warriors, first half of her Secret Warriors run. Yeah. You read... The Spider-Man team-ups. The, I read the Spider-Man team-ups. You read a little bit of um, the second arc, I think, uh, more mm-hmm. than I... The second volume more than I did. Anyway. So yeah. just to give you an idea of what we read, what we're going to cover... I think we're, you know what? I think we're pretty well prepared for this. I think so. Yeah. So let's talk about that. I think that first arc is pretty important. What did you think of it? Uh, I I loved it. I mean, if I'm really going to dig in the weeds, I thought it was a little bit too many ideas at once right at first, but it pretty quickly smooths out. And um, I really enjoyed it. And I the character's really like uh, infectious and fun. And Jersey City sort of becomes her own little world that is kind of walled off from the rest of the Marvel Universe. Like, she fights things that seem only to be noticed in Jersey City, and she Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be too occupied with bigger matters that other heroes are fighting. And that makes for a nice little clean world that's just just Ms. Marvel, you know, barring guest appearances, which happen. And I I liked that. It was kind of nice and clean and like her own little realm. I love that. I'm I'm big on... Uh, non-connected universes now so uh, uh even though her connection to the universe is sort of a part a part of her character yeah i love how jersey city is like she's like the hero of like this neighborhood it feels like daredevil is to hell's kitchen as spider-man was to new york in the 60s yeah uh, she is to jersey city now it's uh, very fun and, and it's great yeah it's um jersey city uh one of the themes kind of of i would say that that shows up a lot in these ms marvel stories is these kind of contrast between her family, which is a um, socially conservative Muslim family, where it's like, get married, you know, women should cover their faces, and well, how mm. come you're not getting a good job, and how come your grades aren't really perfect, versus the sort of gentrifying outer world where, like, her friends are, like, you know, lesbian and bisexual and talking about, like, um, worrying about capitalism and the economy, and then also crime sections of Jersey City where it's kind of run down. The, the, the contrast of right. these worlds. And they're teenagers, so it is like, you do like boys, and you want to go to parties, and yeah. be popular and cool, and, and making friends is hard. Yeah. Um, but like, you have a Muslim family, so that's not the easiest thing in the world, so you don't fully fit in. And you're also the superhero who has weird powers. Yeah, let's get the comic book stuff out of the way. What are her powers? Because these shift a little bit. They shift a little bit. The main power, she's polymorphism is what they say it is. And that is, right. she she's can... Embiggen she can or make, shrink. She can make her body parts grow and shrink, basically. She can make her whole body grow and shrink. She can kind of, She often makes like her fists big or her legs really long. That is most of her powers. Yeah. Early on, she can also seem to... Shapeshift. Shapeshift. She can like turn into anything, almost. She can look like another person or a sofa at one point. Yeah. But that oh, kinda... and she also can heal. 
she heals fast. That still is true, I think. That still is true. That's part of her polymorphism, lets her heal fast. And then when she's bigger, she's also stronger. She's not just bigger. Yeah, she's not like the mass spread out like a thin ghost. Yeah. She gets like strong. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of her thing. Uh, tech, sort of like a, w- within the Marvel Universe, she is an inhuman versus a mutant. Um, which sounds silly to anybody who doesn't read a lot of Marvel comics, but like, and it's probably not going to be true in the TV show, right? They, they kind of made a distinction here, where like, uh, I mean, again, this is so Marvel comics, but like, one of the you know, there's mutants, right? People are born with powers that sort of emerge at puberty. That's a thing in the Marvel universe. Homo superior. Mm-hmm. Then there's like your your radiation heroes, where they're like exposed to radiation and get powers, like Spider Man yeah, and the Hulk and an stuff. Accident. Yeah, and then there's like magic people, but there's also this little subgroup of the Inhumans, which was created by Jack Kirby in the Fantastic Four comics, where there is a substance called the Terrigen Mists mm-hmm. that if you bathe in it, and I think also you are destined, powers emerge. It's real murky. It's kind I of think like every human does get powers. Okay, uh, except for very few. Okay. So, like, you know, the Fantastic Four ran into this hidden society mm-hmm. in the 60s called the Inhumans where, like, all these people had... Pre- if you watch the Doctor Strange movie, yeah. you see Black Bolt, he's king of the Inhumans. There was a short-lived, much-disliked Inhumans TV show Yeah, uh, that was uh, a terrible... The Inhumans have always been running around the Marvel Universe, but they're really also rans to the, yeah. like, Avengers and the X-Men, but Ms. Marvel's in... in she's she's a product of the Terrigen and, Mists. And, and in 2014, Disney did not own... The movie rights to the X Men, yeah, and so that's where this sort of all. This is the worst part of this Marvel is the Inhuman part. I think there's yeah. some cool aspects of it in the stories, but in general, her being an Inhuman, I think, is messy. It's like a long walk just to not make her a mutant, which right. would be the fastest way to just give her her powers. She probably would have been an X Men if if this comic had come out ten years earlier or today, right? But at this time, Marvel was downplaying both the Fantastic Four and the X Men. Yeah. Because they did not have the movie rights to them. The Fantastic Four comic was not coming out at this time. There was no Fantastic Four comic, I believe. Yeah. And the X-Men comic existed, but was sort of like really even more than usual, kept in its own corner. And they were trying to build up the Inhumans to be like the new X-Men, to be this yeah. new like other race of uh, reviled heroes. Yeah. And it did not work. Fans right. were just sort of like... This is not the X-Men. You can't make the Inhumans the X-Men. They're their own thing. Yeah. There's cool things about the Inhumans. This isn't it. Yeah. And so as part of that, what they did was they had this thing happen where the Inhumans were fighting the X-Men or something, and Terrigen Mist got released all over the world, uh-huh. triggering a bunch of new Inhuman characters, of which Miss Marvel was the most popular one. There was a few others, like Moon Girl. Uh-huh. Um, uh, can I think of any other ones? So in the Inhumans comics, there was a handful of them. They're not that popular. Yeah, and it probably won't even be part of the TV show, right? Because it'd be such a weird explanation that people—it's not even part of the MCU or anything. The Inhumans so. would be too complicated to get in the TV show. I do not think it will be part of the TV She'll show. Probably I just wish have it wasn't powers. part of the comic. And the, and they do downplay it a lot. Like the initial issues they taught, and there's a, her Inhumanness pops up occasionally. Yes, but it's not like you're thinking about that a lot when you're reading these. No. Uh, and there's some things I really like about it, which, uh, but in the, the first, that being her origin is just, I hate origins that are sort of like complicated. Like we, we, to explain this origin to you, our listeners, it's already been, it's, this is way too complicated. <laughs> yeah. My problem with Venom in a weird way is like, Venom's such a cool character, but you have to talk about this alien costume yeah. and how Spider-Man wore it. And then it got yeah. Eddie Brock and you got to explain who Eddie Brock is. And it's like, that's a long walk. Versus, like, Electro, it's like, this guy just has electric powers. (laughs) Right, he fell into an electricity thing. Uh, Yeah, Uh, and I wish Miss Marvel's origin was simpler. Even Spider-Man, got bit by a spider. Done. Yeah. Uh, Miss Marvel is a little too complicated for what she is. She's a really cool character, except for this Inhumans thing complicates it to me. Some people might love that part of her. And we can mostly set that aside, but that is our comic book part. So the other part of her origin is uh, she's a superhero fangirl. Like, she Mm -hmm. loves carol danvers that's her hero she loves the avengers she loves heroes in general she's she's like straight a student comic book nerd yeah high school kid who like writes fan fiction about heroes do right? people write fan fiction about real people well um i guess i don't know enough about fan fiction people definitely write fan fiction about superheroes in our world yeah fan, superheroes are not real do they like write? do people write kardashian Fan fiction? Do they, people write, like, must. Obama fan fiction? I, mean, I don't know about Obama, maybe. Uh, uh, I, 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 I guess anything's do possible. Do people write about 
you know, LeBron James fan fiction? Like, what's the equivalent to the superhero? I'm guessing it's like tabloid celebrities. Like, they might write like Kanye, uh, Pete Davidson it's, it slash feels fiction. Like, <laughs> if it exists, it's probably a very. I, it's a weird. It's a weird net to pick, but like, I don't love that she writes fan fiction about real people. Like, there's references to her writing fan fiction about characters that she's met now, and I'm like, why you, would you do that? I mean, Tina does that on Bob's Burgers, but she's a weird character. <laughs> Well, they they hit it pretty hard that she's a yeah. fan. She's she's like a fangirl of these people that she then becomes one. Yeah, um, and it's like I don't it, mind her being a fan. The fan fiction weirdly, and I like her writing fan fiction. If she was writing fan fiction about Twilight and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, whatever Supernatural, I'm all in. Yeah. Um, well, we already got a we got a couple of uh, criticisms from the hot takes department here, <laughs> and screw it. Um, but she's a fangirl, and she's like an overachieving student. She's the daughter of a Muslim family. She's got an older brother, and she gets these powers, and she freaks out. And But she is a good person and sort of immediately wants to – She's she is ready to be a hero. She knows what that is, and she wants to do it. Because she has shape-shifting powers at first, she initially, when she uses her powers – this lasts like two issues – she looks just like Carol Danvers. She turns into yeah. – and there's little hints that it's going to be like, oh, I'm like white blonde girl in my superhero mode. Then I got to go back to being like misunderstood Muslim girl – Right? At first, yeah. that looks like it's going to be, like, a big part of the character. I don't think it was meant to be. I think it was meant to be this moment in this, or that, or that, uh, that it was always planned to have this arc of, I want to look like me. Okay, yeah, because that's kind of the emotional end of the very first couple yeah. issues, is I, I'm fine looking like myself. It's cool for a Muslim girl to be a, a Muslim girl can be a superhero, too. It's sort of, like, a moment for her. And I don't think it was, like, halfway through issue two they decided to make that choice. I okay, think it was okay. always intent... I think that was inherent in the initial origin. Now, I think the fact that she could shape change was supposed to be part I, of the I, thing. I don't imagine that was because she uses it a ton for like four issues, and then she kind of stops using it. And they they have a little justification of why. Yeah, they explain that it goes away. That her healing power. The more she uses her healing power, she's like healing the shape shifting out of her body, kind of. Yeah, and it was just like an extra power she didn't need. It's rare when heroes lose powers. Yeah. Usually they gain powers. I love it. I love it too. Keep it simple. Simpler. Yeah. It's so sim- Her powers are simple and fun and they're sort of weird looking. Which is, that's very in the tradition of Marvel and Jack Kirby, I think, to have like and powers Ditko. that are look and Ditko that, that look a little weird. Yeah. And, and I think that's good. There's a moment uh, in the end of the first arc where she like stretches her legs real fast to look for something and Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers is with her and she goes, you're very comfortable with your powers, aren't you? Yeah. Because it, it is like, she looks like a little strange and weird there and she's like... She's like, yeah, I, wa- I wasn't at first, but I am now. Uh, they're weird and cool. First they were weird and gross. Now they're weird and cool or something like that. Or weird and awesome. Uh, and I was like, it's just a nice moment. It's like yeah. sort of calling out like, these are weird powers, but they have become very second nature to you, uh, uh, Kamala. And they, I think they, that's really fun. Yeah, they harken back to to me like Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko days because you can, you, your classic quote unquote cool looking powers are like Superman powers, like mm-hmm. flying strength, laser beam eyes heroic looking and then your classic jack kirby powers are like guys on a surfboard and he's made of silver you know or like galactus has shorts and like a huge you know weird like mayan headpiece on the thing is made of bricks you know is not that weird and the the humans in general that she comes from all have weird powers yeah moving hair and like you know a teleporting bulldog Mm -hmm. and stuff um so yeah i we i love the look of ms marvel's uh polymorphism it's very cool now another part of um let's go into recast of characters sure uh, let's do art and then do a cast of characters. okay let's... i think the art Adrian alfonso's art is great yes i, I agree it's, it's re- got a lot of personality and a lot of emotion and a lot of personal character it reminds me of like mad magazine art yeah it does like really jack davis uh, uh like like parody art it's kind of got a loose feel to it, as opposed to like a rigid, heroic feel. It, it everybody is kind of gloopy and cartoonish mm-hmm. facial expressions that allows for like big emotional reactions to things. Like when Kamala is scared, it's like you know biting fingernails. Yeah, uh, it's teeth, all a little teeth ex- chattering. It's a little exaggerated, yeah. and I, I just I love it. Uh, uh, Adrian Alfano's the main artist, and later on, uh, Takeishi. We'll look it up here while I, while I talk a little uh, bit because, um, you know, we've talked about this before that for a long time Marvel Comics had sort of like, you know, you basically drew like Jack Kirby, um, or you were given sort of special permission to be your own style, 
and to to break from that was sort of the exception, not the rule. I think there is more individual style artistically in Marvel comics nowadays, and that's really fun. And this is one of them. It like Ms. Marvel comics don't look like Spider Man comics. They don't look like uh, Avengers comics. They're more human, um, and that and that's and more cartoonish. It's really it's really fun. So that and certainly in these early issues, it's a big part of the experience. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's kind of like oh gosh joyful um a joyful world i guess as opposed to like grim and like everything's so serious although big things do go down and there's occasional deaths and like high stakes things that occur ms marvel generally is living in a happy vibe yeah uh i i can't find this quickly uh the the, the name of the artist the second artist he drew uh, uh mary jane loves spider-man so he's an artist that i really love and then Nico Leon takes over after uh, Tack. That's what he's sometimes called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, all three artists are really good, and they're really good at this sort of loose, cartoony style. Adrian Alfonso knocks it out of the park right away, but the other two are also really, really good. And I just I love the art throughout. Uh, as Will said, um, the, the the individuality and the uh, looseness of it is really great. But also, like... Uh, Takeshi Maezawa. Yeah, there you go. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Um, and um, all three artists there's other artists who do it in between but those are the three main artists I think that do like the G. Willow Wilson run they're all just phenomenal and they, they're they sort of thematically consistent where they're not like drastically different they're, they're each doing their own art but they all sort of are channeling this sort of looseness and fun of it and it gives Jersey City sort of its own feel too. yeah I, I started to think of Jersey City as having you know they always really forced the Hell's Kitchen thing in Daredevil comics and it was hard for me to get a feel for that like what especially yeah. living in New York well, Hell's Kitchen is like six blocks what are you talking about but um, maybe because I don't know Jersey City as well I it it really carves out Jersey City as a big part of the Marvel landscape in mm-hmm. a fun way yeah that's pretty cool so now we can let's talk about the other characters okay so the cast of characters so you got her family, right? It's Muslim family, mother, father, older brother, and it's very much the why didn't you get an A? Why only an A minus? Yeah. When are you gonna get married? How come you can't be good like your brother? You know, she's unfavorably compared to her dutiful older brother a lot, although she's pretty dutiful. Yeah, and her and and she's also held to a higher standard because she's a girl. Yeah. Older brothers, boys are allowed to be a little and firstborn, right? So he's favored. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she also has a best friend, Bruno, who works at the Circle Q. Q. Um, and is also like a tech genius. Uh, there's a bunch of those in Marvel. He's one of them. He's a tech genius, and he's clearly in love with her from the first time we meet her. Yep. They're best friends, but he loves her, and yep. she's not interested in him romantically. Yeah. Uh, she's got uh, a best friend named Nakia. Who is also a devout Muslim, and is more of a devout Muslim than than um, Kamala. Like, That's right, yeah. She's like, you know, in she... She makes sure to pray. She wears her, yeah. I'm afraid of that, I don't know the name, like the proper like headdress and stuff. Yeah. And Kamal's a little looser with that stuff. That's right. Uh, and then she becomes good friends with Zoe, a kind of the popular girl who is a little bullyish at the beginning, but pretty quickly by the end of the first run is one of her circle of friends. Yeah. Something happens quick in the, in the Ms. Marvel universe that took a long time in the Spider-Man universe, which is like there is a cadre of like popular bullies at first. That like pick on her and in Spider Man, they were you know the first thirty five issues of Spider Man. Flash Thompson's a jerk, mostly. Yeah. But then slowly over time, they evolve and sort of become friends of Peter Parker. Yeah. They kind of humanize. They especially once Ditko leaves and John Romita takes over, they quickly are just like a gang of yeah. friends. And that happens in a much shorter time in the Ms. Marvel thing. There's like the popular people, all they have problems too, and yep. sometimes the nerds are the bullies and stuff like that. Yeah, and so by like by issue nineteen, Zoe is pretty human, and by the next arc, she's one of like this very tight circle of friends uh, uh, for Miss Marvel, and it, she's great. She's a great character. You know, she also kind of realizes that she is gay. Yeah, uh, which is a big part of her change because uh, she's dating like the good-looking jock guy in the beginning of this series. Uh, but because of this Civil War event where the series gets canceled, they kind of play up this like, oh, the world is ending. And she has a moment where she goes to Kamala and apologizes for all her bad behavior. And it's a really great moment. Yeah. They do use that well. Like, the world's about to end. And so everybody kind of has their, what do I have to say before I might die? Yeah. And it's played to great effect in the Ms. Marvel book. It's real human and nice. It's, it's really great. Um, 
Okay, so those are our initial cast of characters. Let's talk about the initial villain, the initial arc, the inventor. Yeah. Because this kind of goes on for a while. Yeah. Um, he's goofy. It's a weird villain. So, like, there are kids being kidnapped, and then we find out kids being sort of used Matrix-style as batteries to power weird technology. The kids sometimes seem into it, into being kidnapped, yeah. almost like they've been, like, brainwashed into a cult. And we start learning that it's the all the work of this character we don't see at first called the inventor, or maybe called Edison, or both. I forget. I think he's initially called both, and then later on the well, there's a talking parrot robot <laughs> named Edison who is the inventor. Yeah. And then later on, the guy who made that parrot also says he is the inventor. Right. Right. And I don't know his name. Um, but it doesn't matter. I don't remember either. But um, this is kind of like the initial main nemesis of Ms. Marvel. And here's where it's different than like early Spider-Man is like one villain over eight issues. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Spider-Man had eight villains in that time or maybe seven, one repeated. Yeah, something like um, that. And that's very different. But I will say this about Ms. Marvel. It's new villains. It's not they didn't bring in the Shocker as her first villain. They didn't I kind of love in, that, too. Yeah, I somebody knew. It's so much better to read like this this run and be like, oh, there's not many. I think the Shocker does show up late uh, in the in the second run, maybe. Uh, but eventually, she faces off against some Marvel standard Marvel, Marvel heroes. But most of the villains, villains and villains that she de- deals with are new to the Marvel universe, and it just makes her world feel better and more interesting and and denser and richer. Versus like. A, when you're just fighting like all Spider-Man uh, also rans or yeah. what, or what, or FF also rans, your character feels like oh you're a new character in the Marvel universe. Where here it feels like you are a new character. Period. Yeah, like you could pull Miss Marvel out of the Marvel universe, and she's still great. Yeah, you could keep her little cast of characters in Jersey City, and she would function totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we take a break right here and then keep going? Okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Kevin. I'm here with my brother, Will, and we are the hosts of Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics, our weekly podcast about comic books. And we want to hear from you. We have a slew of social media accounts, a slew. You can email us at screwitcomics at gmail.com or see us on Instagram at screwitcomics or tweet at us at screwitcomics. So tell us what you think of the comics you like or the comics you don't or things we've talked about on our episodes. Or send us some life advice. You can tell that we need it. Yes. Uh, We might read your message on a future episode of our show. So thanks. In advance from Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. And we're back. Let's. So, so, okay, so, I have go. something else I want to say. Go, go, go. So, like, part of this initial inventor thing that gets established, and it's kind of true through a lot of the Ms. Marvel stuff, is like, um, the. There's. I don't know how to put this, Kevin. Maybe. There, there's kind of like modern. Uh, themes or motifs like with the inventor is either um, conning or just convincing kids to be like batteries for his inventions and what he sells them on is like your lives are not worth that much like the world's coming to an end climate change war Uh, this is before covid even but just like things are bad like your best way to make a contribution to the world is to submit to me and become part of the robots. And some of the kids are like, yeah, like we've been told that our lives are meaningless. This is a way for our lives to be meaningful. Now, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but it's it's try, it's sort of trying to be zeitgeisty. It's it, mm-hmm. Instead of just like your standard hero grabbing a bag of money, yeah. it's like we're going to exploit the insecurity of being a teenager right now. Yeah, I mean, she fights villains. Like one is like an online troll is one of the villains yeah. that she fights. So, like, the stuff she fights feels, it's either almost cartoonishly villain, or it has, like, sort of, it's rooted in something real worldy, which is great. I think it really works. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the inventor's a little too silly. The pro- My only problem with the inventor is, like, he's so silly, it's like... Yeah, how are you scared of a bird? Do you, does he feel like, oh, this is her arch nemesis who he can bring back over and over again? It doesn't feel like that. It just feels like, oh, he's good for this story. And I know they do two stories with him, but it's... Yeah. I don't feel the longevity in that character... Uh, that I would that I do in a Doctor Octopus or what have you, yeah, yeah, um, or Venom even to use a more modern villain, like, and so I think that lacks a little bit. He's a great story, but he's not a great villain. Yeah, um, yeah, you can't always pick who your nemesis is going to be. You kind of have to trot these stories out and see which one really lands. Yeah. Like, 
I don't think Green Goblin would have been anybody's choice to be the main nemesis of Spider-Man after his very, very first appearance, but he evolved into that. He had a cool design, so Stan wanted to keep bringing him back. Yeah. Uh, and Ramita, and, and they did, and it worked, eventually. Yeah. So, uh, um, all right, so what else should we talk about here? So should we go on to the team-ups and stuff? Let's, um, yes. Okay, let's, let's do, that. do that. So. What what we what we've been talking about here, and we'll return to it, I'm sure, is her like when she stars in a comic and she's in Jersey City, kind of cleaning stuff up and dealing with her friends. But there's also Kevin and I read a number of times where she's grouped together with a lot of other Marvel. Mm-hmm. She she joins a version of the Avengers, yes, a group called Champions. Kevin, let's talk about that. Yeah. So. Um... So yeah. So she's a very popular character. She's a new, fresh, cool character. So there's. Here's the downside to current Marvel uh, yeah. as well. A couple of the downsides to current Marvel. One, current Marvel is like very big on like, oh, we got this new character. Let's put him there. Let's put him here. Let's put him there. Where like in the 60s, that didn't happen. Like Spider-Man was popular. Great. Comic <laughs> is selling. He'll show up in this FF for a panel. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't like he was put, he didn't have three titles right away. Yeah. He wasn't on the Avengers until very recently. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't like a Spider-Man team. And nowadays it's like, oh, we have these popular characters. Put them here. Put them there. Wolverine's teaming up with everybody. Spider-Man's yeah. teaming up with everybody. And on top of that, status quo changes and these big shifts. That all has to happen now. And this all happens to Miss Marvel. Uh, and I think that hurts the character a little bit to me. Dilutes them. Uh, like, she joins the Avengers, basically. And she joins the Avengers because it's she's popular. She's a cool character. And she joins with uh, Miles Morales, who's also a cool character. She, they join with Nova, who there was a big push to kind of make into a cool character. It didn't quite take. Uh, and then they were put with stalwarts like Tony Stark and the Vision, and then also the current Captain America, which happened to be Sam Wilson, the Falcon. Yeah. And so it's like, first of all, it's a great, nice, more diverse team, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. all white. So that's great. But it's also got the new popular characters instead of like old, boring characters we've seen mm-hmm, forever. Mm-hmm. And so that feels like the the reason behind it. it's like let's take all the cool new characters and make a team out of it. Well, Iron Man is more popular than he's ever been, so we'll leave. Him and we'll build with all these new characters around him. It's sort of what it felt like. Yeah, and it's a. I think it's a fun run. It's a really decent Avengers comic, but it hurts Miss Marvel a little bit, and that it makes her too much big time. Yeah, uh, uh, like taken on its own, this Avengers run is good. Yes, and then uh, uh, taken as a part of her, uh, an offshoot of her title, I think it is bad. Uh, and then real quick, what happens in this Avengers run is the young heroes get disillusioned with the Avengers and split off and form their own team called the Champions with a bunch of like teen characters. Yeah, I like the Champions run more than the Avengers run from what I read. And that is also more fun. It still makes her... Part of what the charm of the Miss Marvel comic is her screwing up all the time, that she's barely getting by. Yeah. And once she's the leader of the Champions, she's so competent in that book. Yeah. And she should be competent. She's really cool, and she's smart, and she's capable, and she makes sense as a leader. But it's like oh, I like I like the Miss Marvel who seems to get like knocked over very easily in her book. Yeah, not the one who seems to have everything under control in the Champions. Just if I had to pick one, Champions is a cool book, and, and I get its existence. And it's also again like you have cool characters. Let's get them in front of people. Let's who's give that, people what they want. Who's the Hulk character? I didn't even know who that was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, the Champions title has a bunch of weird characters in it. One of them is Amadeus Cho, who is a Korean character who was created uh, as a Hulk supporting character by Greg Pak. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, a, he's like a genius character. And as one of his storylines is he takes the gamma radiation out of Banner into himself because Banner didn't want it. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, then I'll just take it from you. <laughs> uh, and I'll... And I, I think I don't think this radiation is bad, and I think you can be a good Hulk. So he <laughs> takes it sort of to become a good Hulk. Uh, and then now I think he, I think he changes his name to Braun at some point because the Hulk comes back, and it's all sort of confusing. Yeah, I liked him better as a non-Hulk character. Yeah, Amadeus Cho is a really fun character. He was also a there's a long run where he is a sidekick to Hercules in his book called The Incredible Hercules, and it is. A phenomenal run. Uh-huh. Hercules and Amadeus Cho. Hercules is like this big, dumb, yeah, uh, good-natured, but party-going hero. And then Amadeus Cho, like this genius, kind of directing how Hercules can use his powers to be a better hero. Really, really fun run. Uh, and made me love Amadeus Cho more there than in this book. But yeah, he's a Hulk character. Having a Hulk on a team is fun. Yeah, um, 
Uh, and there's also like a Vision character from the Vision miniseries. I read the Vision miniseries, so this is the Vision's daughter, Viv. That he built. They're all kind of like Teen Titans versions of mm-hmm. like major heroes, kind of. Like even Ms. Marvel is sort of like a ish, Captain Marvel-ish right. offshoot. Uh, Miles is a Spider-Man offshoot. Nova is the the second Nova. Right, right. so these, it does feel very Teen Titans-y. Yeah. But Teen Titans was fun. Like maybe that's not so bad to be Teen Titans-y. And Teen Titans is a, was one of the DC's most popular teams for a long time for a good reason. I, I really dug the Champions issues that I read. The Avengers one, like you're saying, they were good, but they were a bit... Uh, burdened with like infrastructure and exposition and just kind of like telling me the story of what happened. It I, I just had got... Jane, it had Jane Foster Thor. It was very much of its time. The characters were all different characters than we're used to. Yeah, and so I I kind of liked being caught up, getting a chance to read these issues that caught me up on the new versions of these heroes, but I also was just exhausted. <laughs> and I longed for kind of the simplicity of the Ms. Marvel solo line. Yeah, I... I prefer the Miss Marvel solo stuff. Way I like Mark Wade. I think he does a pretty good job in these books. It's just, I don't think these, just same reason I don't love Spider-Man on the Avengers. I don't think he works as well on the Avengers. Even now, it's just like he works better as a guy who just can't quite get it together enough to be on the Avengers. Like him being on the Avengers, it makes sense. He's a super popular character. He's super good at it. He's been doing it forever. Of course he'd be an Avenger. Yeah. He's just not as fun when he's an Avenger. Plus he's an X-Men. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just think of him as an X-Men forever. Spider-Man? I think you're confused. Oh, I thought you were saying Wolverine. I said Spider-Man. Oh, I was thinking how Wolverine was on Did you really think I was saying Wolverine? You think the whole time. <laughs> Everyone is Wolverine. I don't know what my Maybe I said is. Wolverine. I'm almost positive no, I said I'm, Spider-Man. I'm sure you're right, because I was thinking ahead to the Ms. Marvel Wolverine little uh, adventure they have together. Okay. And then I also was thinking of just people on the Avengers that you don't yeah. think of as initially as Avengers and you, Wolverine and Spider-Man are the two people I think of for that. You are, <laughs> you are Marvel fans from the eighties. Like, Everyone is Wolverine to you. <laughs> more know. Wolverine. Give me some Wolverine. I think I'm just an idiot. Less Nightcrawler. More two Wolverines. <laughs> I don't know That's a better problem. X-Men team. I don't know what my problem is. Um, um, the Wolverine also joins the Avengers. <laughs> right, right. So, cause I remember in Superior Spider-Man, he's on the Avengers. One nice thing about this podcast is it's, Catching old 80s comics will up with modern comics. These yeah. are only 10 years old. Yeah. This must help you realize that not every character is Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> that I'll never realize that. Okay. So. Um, she also joined very briefly. You didn't read these. This comic called The Secret Warriors, uh-huh. which was a team of all these sort of new Inhumans characters. Uh, Quake, who is a character who was uh, in the, uh, the Marvel TV show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Moon mm. Girl, uh, Marvel Girl. And it was pretty good. Uh, it's steeped in the Marvel events of the time. So it's complicated. And, but I sort of, I liked her more in that book, which felt sort of like a ragtag group of characters mm-hmm. sort of dealing with their inhuman heritage. She wasn't the leader of that team. So she was sort of the, the heart of that team. She's like, no, we got to be good. Let's not just be a team. Let's, if we're going to do this, let's save everyone sort of mentality versus yeah. Quake. Who's sort of like, let's get the job done. Uh, it was, she was a very fun character and she wasn't also the youngest one. It was, it was a, it was a very weird team. It only lasted, I think 12 issues. Um, I'm going to bring up something I don't love about Ms. Marvel. Great. And I want you to, I'm going to hear your opinion on it. Um, I, and I want to say, basically, I really did enjoy these stories very much. I read them very easily. I, I really love the solo series, especially. Um, what I don't love is, and I don't love this in any Marvel comic, and this is, this is a trope, but it's like when things are a little too on the nose... Um, it's a bummer. This is subjective, of course. Uh, there, there is in, I'll say it this way, uh, there is in Ms. Marvel stuff sort of an honest de blog thing that happens. So the movie Juno, mm-hmm. um, when it came out and it's about this teenager who gets pregnant or whatever, the, I remember a lot of people saw that movie were like, oh, the dialogue was a little much because it was like sort of the um, then Ellen Page, now Elliot Page yeah. character was trying to be very like young and like cool. She and had her smart. own like lingo, right? And, and one of those slang. things she says is honest to blog, right? And yeah. that got cited a lot as like too much amongst. I just remember that being yeah. So I went to see Juno, and I felt the same way. The first twenty minutes, I was like, all right, I get it. Like you're young and cool and smart. Then it's a great movie. I thought I was one over, and I think I, did, did I just get? I loved home? that language in Juno. But did you remember other people kind of... I do remember people hating it and me just being like, I love it. I, I like the feel of like having... I like movies that instead of writing bad teen dialogue kind of make up their own teen dialogue. I think it's great. I think this is just the challenge. You know, a comic book's got limited real estate to cover mm-hmm. a lot of ground. 
And one of the things that in Ms. Marvel, sometimes it's like a little too honest to blog, like with like every single person has like a very zeitgeisty issue going on. Um, and I sometimes I hunger just for a jock to be a stupid jock and a nerd to just be a nerdy nerd. Like I say, I'm 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 splitting hairs here because I don't want this to be a cliche yeah. book. It didn't bother me at all. Uh, I liked it. Like it felt like again, like if Spider Man came out today, you'd want this. You'd want like not to not to have all like when you reread the old Spider Man comics, it's fun and interesting. But like part of it is like you hunger for those tiny tiny moments where Flash Thompson is a little bit human. He's like, maybe Peter's okay. Yeah. And then he's like cartoonishly immediately furious at Peter again. You're like, well, that's a little much, but it's a 60s comic. You're, you're like, yeah, it's a 60s comic. And I like that these characters feel more fully realized and that uh, uh, that they do all, I don't know. And also, like, I think teenagers now are more connected with what's going on. Not all of them. But I also think like these sort of overachieving characters that we are mostly focusing on would be very attached to what's going on in the world. So I don't know. It that did not bother me at all. The, uh, so it, well, I, I noticed it sometimes, and I I felt like is these are these characters who are authentically young characters, or are they just like the way old people think young characters are? Uh, it's uh, you know I think I think this has more to do just with the way comic books work. Um, you know, I'm, it, it's me like in John Romita Spider Man, like. Stun Remuda era Spider-Man when they were sort of changing all of the characters from Ditko. Yeah. Sometimes they would just tell you that something was true and you had to be like, well, I've never seen that before, but I guess, yeah. okay, these people are jealous of each other. And it's that's the way comic books work. Sometimes they just tell you, from now on, this person is this, and you got to just kind of go with me on it. Uh, it's, yeah. pa- it's part of the medium. The, the the only thing that really bothered me in this these original comics was, was a little bit like she's too connected to the Marvel Universe too fast. I wanted to enjoy her as sort of being this quiet hero of Jersey City, but so quickly she's like friends with Captain Marvel and teaming up with Wolverine and meets up with Spider-Man. It's all so fast. I'm like, I kind of liked her not knowing those people and sort of being in their shadow. And then there's a little bit like her mom finds out about her powers early. early. And I get like, it sort of makes sense that like if you had powers and you loved your parents... It makes sense you wouldn't hide it from them out forever. Also, and you would tell your best friends if they're hell, if they're smothering parents who like are watching your every move. They might notice. They might put it together. Yeah, and also it it if they are just an impediment, you sort of don't like them that much. Yeah, like Aunt May was helpful in that sense that she didn't really know what was going on, right. so she didn't slow Peter up that much, and she was a problem only when he needed to have a problem. And these parents could become too much of a problem. Yeah, but I I liked her having this. I like secret identities, and I was sort of sad when that kind of went away. Yeah, but none of those are huge deals to me. Um, I also here's another thing I did love: the, all the Muslim stuff was really interesting. I don't yeah, know I, a lot about that culture. Uh, uh, it, it seems like well researched and and real and lived in. And you get flashbacks into her parents' uh, histories mm-hmm. and her grandparents immigrating from. India to Pakistan and then to America, and that's interesting. And you get a decent range of like Muslims of different uh, 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 temperaments, devoutness, yeah, devoutness. Yeah, some people. Yeah, are, people who are, it's like a huge part of their lives, and some people who are sort of the the Eastern Christmas equivalent of like Muslim, you know Islam. Yeah. Like, and like there is an issue where Kamala feels like she needs to be with someone who's Muslim for her parents really want that for her, yeah. and it's like all that felt very real. Even if I, I have not known a lot of Muslim people, uh, but I've known people of lots of different cultures, and some people have more of that going. I didn't have any of that. Yeah. So I think all that stuff was a really fresh, interesting take. Yeah. Um, I also do think the Inhumans part takes away a little bit from that if she's like half Inhuman and half Muslim or whatever. Yeah. But again, they don't dwell on that, so it doesn't matter too much. She goes to um, Pakistan at one point. Mm-hmm. She meets a lot of her relatives, and we also meet the Red Dagger, which is like the local vigilante superhero in Pakistan. And I just bring that up because I saw the trailer for the Ms. Marvel TV show, and I think I see the Red Dagger in that trailer. And he comes to New Jersey, Jersey City. Comes by to the Jersey end. City, yeah. And he's sort of in love with Kamala in the comics, I think. Yeah. So, like, um, that might be in play in the TV series. Yeah. What What's important to Ms. Marvel is I think that she is super upbeat and interesting 
you know, sort of the, the, her her personality, her her bubbliness, her mm. excitement, her, the joy of her, I think is very important to her. And that definitely seems like it's going to be in the show, and I'm excited to see the that. The bracelets seem to be part of the character in the show, just judging from the trailer. Yeah, I think they're different, though. I think the power is coming from the bracelets somehow. It's unclear. In, in the comic book, we learn that the bracelets are just an heirloom mm-hmm. that, like, her great-grandmother... They were wedding bracelets for the great-grandmother, and she used them to smuggle money out of India into Pakistan, or maybe it was out of Pakistan to America. No, I think it was out of India into Pakistan, and then sort of passed these bracelets down yeah. through the women in the family. So they're, they're like a really sentimentally important yeah. heirloom, and um, Kamala has them, and she's wearing them as a kid in elementary school when she meets Bruno, mm-hmm. um, and he likes them, and... He incorporates them into the costume he makes her. Yeah, so they they become part of the story in the comic books, and it looks like from the trailer there they might be a big part of the story in the in yeah. The that's show. all interesting. Uh, Which, so okay, you were just about to say, and I interrupted you. Tell me what what do you want to see in the TV show? Oh, I I, I basically just I I people are worried about this TV show because they've changed her powers. Like it doesn't seem like her body morphs. It seems more energy based. Yeah, probably to connect her to the Captain Marvel character. Also, maybe easier to do effects-wise. And probably a less weird-looking effect. Yeah. And people are sad about that because the weirdness of her powers are interesting in the comics. Yeah. Uh, you know, I get all those complaints. Um, I would hate for her not to be a popular character because her powers look weird, though, at the same time. Um, so I don't know how I feel about that. But I do think the spirit of the character seems very much alive in that trailer. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see it kind of brought to life. And I just basically want to see this sort of exuberance i'll give i'll give my wish list for what i want okay so i want to see jersey city be a part of it i Mm -hmm. want to see like the neighborhood of jersey city and i want to see and and what that means to me is sort of like partly rundown crime areas versus gentrifying kind of yuppies so it's kind of like tradition versus new thinking i want that to be part of the world i want obviously i want the muslim family trying to like deal with the Mm -hmm strict Muslim family to be part of it. Um, and I want the little um, cadre of high school support team. That's a big part of the Ms. Marvel story. I hope it's a weird villain. It doesn't have to be the inventor, but I hope it is like a strange off-kilter villain. I think that's fun for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope she's mostly not too involved with other MCU people. Yeah, I hope not either. I don't need her to... I mean, she's going to be a fangirl. I think that's such a big part of her. It's the part that I'm least interested in is her being a fangirl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like her being a nerd. I love her being like, if she was like a Star Trek nerd or yeah. whatever, uh, science seems, fiction. seems to be like the new generation of Marvel heroes. A lot of them worship the earlier Marvel heroes. Like, isn't Miles Morales presented as a Spider-Man fanboy? He is in the video game. I don't think so. Uh, okay. Uh, um, uh, Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe was a little bit sort of... Gee, gosh, Willikers, look at all these heroes. Sort of like Tom Holland in the MCU. Tom Holland in the uh, Civil War movie, yeah. Uh, I don't love heroes worshiping other heroes. I get it would happen. It would for sure happen. It's just I'm not interested in that part of it. Yeah. I like my characters who kind of stand on their own. My favorite parts from Miss Marvel was when she sort of stands up and makes a speech. It's like some early, there's an early arc that I don't remember specifically. She makes a speech and someone goes, you're good at this. Yeah, it happens uh, a couple times. I and think. it's really fun when she's sort of like, yeah, she is good at like... I, here's the thing I love about the comic. We're jumping around a little bit. Yeah. Is that she is like a local hero and people know her and like yeah. she's like riding on tops of buses and she jumps off and they're like, see you around, Miss Marvel. Yeah, that's very fun. It is really cool that like she's walking around. Everyone is sort of cool with her being there, proud of her being there, excited that she's there. Yeah. No, we've got a hero and this is her and we like our hero. Yeah, that is very I fun. I love all that part. Uh, in the way like Spider-Man never had. It's very that's different. That's true, yeah. But I love it for her, and it's very fun. And I think it's also important that she is this Muslim character that is loved by her city. Like, if she was hated like Spider-Man, I don't think it would be as fun. No, it'd be hard to root Like, for it's that. fun that Spider-Man is hated, and it's fun that Ms. Marvel is not. Yeah, um, that, that is a big part of it. Uh, another moment I liked is when she stood up to Captain Marvel. Oh. Yeah, so there's this arc. Civil War II is a storyline that happened in the Marvel Universe. Let's talk about this real quickly. Yeah. And in this storyline... It's a sequel to Civil War One, where Iron Man and Captain America fought over whether heroes should be allowed to work without government oversight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Iron Man disagreed with Captain Marvel, so he is wrong. Captain America. 
Uh, yeah, sorry. Captain uh, uh, Iron Man argued with Captain America in that story. Mm-hmm. And in this story, it's Ca- Iron Man versus Captain Marvel. Okay. And Captain Marvel ha- has access to a inhuman who can tell the future. So they're doing like, like pre-crime. Minority report. Yeah. yeah. So they can stop crime before it happens. And she's like, well, let's stop crime. That's good to stop crime. No one will die if we stop it before it happens. And Iron Man's like, eh, it feels... A little dicey. It feels like an overreach. And I can see where that could be a fun argument. It's per- It's portrayed in those comics as Captain Marvel is way wrong. Like, yeah. they just keep showing her stepping over the line too much. And it's like, yeah. well, she's wrong. It, I, I, it hurt her character, Captain Marvel, a lot. But it gave Miss Marvel a, a really cool chance to sort of realize that her hero is doing something wrong and not want to be a part of it. Yeah, Captain Marvel basically taps Ms. Marvel to help her and her agenda to yeah. stop pre-crime. And Ms. Marvel first, Ms. Marvel does in. it because yeah. she loves Captain Marvel and she's psyched to be asked um but then she realizes it's going too far and she kind of slowly makes the decision to go against and then she fully stands up to disobeys and even fights captain marvel yeah if captain marvel was using this power to just stop disasters but she's also kind of using it to arrest people who haven't done the crime yet and that's where free crime is i think that does not exist feels like you can't do that and they're brutal, right? They like they throw these people in jail cells, and they're kind of just like, uh, you know, uh, KGB slash. They're they're kind of like yeah, black ops sort of um, beating people up and, and yeah. throwing them around, like no regard for civil rights to people who don't even know that they're gonna commit a crime. Yeah, they haven't fully decided. Uh, I mean, in the movie Minority Report, it's proven that it doesn't work; that it's not always right. Right. Uh, in the and book, it, it, it is, is always right. right. But that doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is a fun pre-crime story. It also, like I'm saying, zeitgeisty. It talks about like the, you know, how if governments overreaching, privacy rights, profiling, profiling. So that's a that's a good Ms. Marvel story. But Ms. Marvel standing up to Captain Marvel really got me. I was I felt it. Yeah, it, it's it's really it's fun to watch. You, you get. Spider-Man, in the first Civil War, Spider-Man sides with Iron Man and then realizes Iron Man is wrong. And yeah. it makes less sense to me where it's like, Spider-Man would not reveal his identity because Iron Man asked him to. Yeah. Uh, but, it, like, this makes complete sense. Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel would be swayed by Captain Marvel. Yeah. So easily. And it does sound okay at a surface level. And it's only sure. when you get into it, it seems wrong. And I love that she realizes that. I love that she goes against her. And also when they sort of make up at the end, it's also great. They sort of yeah. eventually, not in that storyline, and much later, later on, yeah. they sort of make up uh, in Teenage Wasteland, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, and Ms. Marvel's stronger for it, right? You know that she's independent. She's not a pushover. Yeah. She's not just, I'll do whatever the heroes say. I'm a hero on my own. So um, we're excited for the show, Kevin. Do you think it's fair to say? Yeah. Um, I will say, I want to say one last thing about like the current run. I haven't loved the current run, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I read the first arc of Saladin's run. Okay. Um, the Magnificent Ms. Marvel? Yes, yeah, the Magnificent Ms. Marvel. And then I read like a couple issues of the last arc, not the last couple issues, but just the beginning of the last arc, the mm-hmm. third trade outlawed, I think it's called. And it's fine. And it, it doesn't grab me as much. Is this I, where they go to space? Yeah. There's parts of it that I know I don't like, but even just in general, like the outlawed arc is more down to earth. Like the space stuff was a little too much for me. Maybe it's the space stuff. Maybe it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, her parents being so involved in it. But then I last I read the last arc and I'm like, it just, and I wish if anyone knows why I don't like the current run for Miss Marvel, please tell me, I'm not sure. It just, it doesn't grab me n- even half as much as G Willow Wilson's run, which I feel like is near perfect. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I read, I read not that much of the magnificent Ms. Marvel. I know. I remember that there's like some sort of, uh, foreshadowing that in the future, maybe in another planet, our Ms. Marvel has become a mythic legend that yeah. inspires people and they come back in time to get her. And some of that ends up with her going to space with her parents to like fight evil. Yeah. Um, and it did seem like too much, but uh, I don't know. I didn't read enough of it to totally really, to really render a verdict on it. But um, I just, it, it was a change. When I reread the first arc of G. Willow Wilson's, and I was like, oh, I feel like I remember it starting slow. And then I was like, one issue in, and I was like, no, this is great. This is just mm-hmm. great. And it gets better, but I was like, this is great right away. This is, I get why I kept reading this. Yeah. And then I read the first arc of Saladin's run, which I think I read the first issue of only before. Mm-hmm. And I read like the first four issues or five issues, and I was like, oh, 
I don't know why I'd stopped reading this, but I also don't want to keep reading this. So anybody can so. Uh, email us and let us know why Kevin doesn't like these stories. That'd be a big help to us. Yeah, I don't understand myself. Uh, I think she's a really great character. I think there's the potential for this show to be really fun. Could be. Um, the uh, I really love the character, too, and I'm excited to see what she's like in a TV show. So. And she's going to be in a movie, too. She's going to be in the Captain Marvel sequel. Oh, nice. But for this show, I hope that there's less of that. Um, well, we'll find out. We'll come back with our hot takes on that in some time. Um, so if you have an opinion on Ms. Marvel, let us know at screwitcomics at gmail. We also have a Twitter, screwitcomics, and an Instagram, screwitcomics. Let us know. We will read your emails sometime Eventually, We're yeah. working on that. Um, Next week, we're covering the Marvels as we start our Kurt Busiek, Busiek, uh, Busiek run. Yeah. Uh, look. Not them. It's just Marvels, right? The 90s. Yeah, there's, now there's something called The Marvels, so I keep getting it mixed up. Marvels. Yeah. You always uh, get stuff mixed up in the show. It's yeah, weird about true. you. There's this four-issue series he did with Alex Ross called Wolverine. Uh, you got to <laughs> check it out. I thought so. Um, yeah, Marvels is going to be the first thing we cover. It's great. If you haven't read Marvels, read it. It's a or, treat. You will love or, it. Or read it after we talk about it. You'll want to. It's good. Uh, that starts next week, guys. Next week. Oh, the covers of Ms. Marvel also were always really good. I mean, the art. Alex grew Ross out. did some covers, and like, um, there was like yeah. an Archie style Riverdale cover I for mean, one of them. Jamie McKelvey, the I think the uh, costume design drew the early covers. Yeah, there's some so, really, really good, good ones. Too. Okay, we'll uh, see you guys next episode, right, Kevin? Yes. Bye bye. Comics. Screw it, screw it.